the former three-time NFL team captain, investor, and faith-based humanitarian, brings his solution-driven ideals to a national audience. The goal of the Jack Brewer Show is to leave the listener empowered by sound biblical-based solutions to the pressing issues that face our nation and the world. Guests will include political and business leaders, athletes and influencers from around the world who will be encouraged to share how they are living their words through the works of their hands. This is the Jack Brewer Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jack Brewer Show. I am Jack Brewer. We are uh, live right now on Sirius XM, Channel 131, Family Talk. And I feel like the brother that we're going to bring on is like family to me. I I love everything he stands for, everything he talks about. Uh, Young black leader of today, and y'all know how I am about black leaders and stepping up uh, and being a positive example to our young black men growing up in this society. And I can tell you right now, folks may not agree with what he says, but they need to hear what he says. His name is Mr. Brandon Tatum. Brandon, welcome to the Jack Brewer Show, brother. Oh, man, thanks for having me on, Jack. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. Every time I watch one of your videos or post or I share something, one of your messages, bro, you, you inspire me, you get me motivated. You know how it is, man. I grew up in locker rooms and I grew up around strong coaches and the atmosphere of a team. Uh, and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I need more members on my, my team personally. Now I'm 42 years old and I feed off of folks like you and others because you, you give me hope. And I know that I'm not out here alone fighting this battle that we're fighting. How does it, how does it feel, man? Not, not diving into any issue right away, but like, where do you feel you could use more inspiration and do you feel that your message is resonating and how do we do a better job of, of speaking to people and getting getting our message through to them well i think you, i think you hit the nail on the head being inspired by other leaders man you know it's funny you said it about me man i'm inspired by you man you you've done a lot of work you you've been all over the world man i mean the things that you do i'm just hoping that one day i can get linked up man and and, and try to be as inspirational as you we're actually you know accomplishments that you have you know so um but i think my message is resonating you know the big thing with me is just keeping it real you know a lot of people want to like be pc and say what people want to hear and man i don't care what people think about me i just keep it 100 i tell the truth uh, from what i know the things that i research and when you have that approach man people just gravitate to you even if they don't like what you say they'll come around and be like okay but at least he's keeping it real i don't like how he said it but he's keeping it real 100%, 100%, man, and, and something about you is you always keep it clean, you keep it godly. Like, nothing you ever talk about is is sat- satanic and, and and bringing in something that's, that would be, you know, harmful, harmful to someone's spirit. Like, you keep it clean, man. You're not on, on your, 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 your live or videos or your show cussing and doing all these outlandish things. And so it's really... It's really interesting when you see the responses from people uh, toward you or me or other people that are happen to be African-American in a conservative movement. But yet they will say nothing when the rappers and the entertainers and the TV shows are putting these satanic, demonic thoughts, ideas, promotions in these in these kids ear. They won't stand up against that, but they'll stand up against someone like you. Where does that come from? 
Well, Jack, I think it's a spiritual battle, man. I think we, you know, there's a corner aspect of it, but I think most of this stuff is spiritual. I mean, people are struggling, mm, and, and right. I can I can speak to that because I used to be the same way. Me too. I mean, if when I was 18, 19 years old, I was I would have been a Black Lives Matter supporter, and one hundred percent. And I would have been, you know, every time I got put over by the cops, it's like, oh, they put me over because I'm black. They don't want to see a black man shining, you know. I call you a coon, Uncle Tom, sell out. If I saw you, you know, if I was 18 and you now, I would have yep. been talking trash about you. You know what I'm saying? So, but then I got saved in 2008 and everything changed for me, man. I stopped, <laughs> right. like God woke me up to all that stuff. I'm like, man, what have I been doing this whole time? Now I can look at things clearly and, and through the through the lens of Christ. And I feel like if we all get back to that religious, you know, mindset to a certain degree, and you know, I don't believe in religious, I'm more of a relationship person, but you get what I'm saying? If Amen. we start putting Christ first, Amen. then I feel like we'll see things clear. You know, grandma and them used to not play this stuff. Grandma had a big old thick Bible beat right. worn out, and she'll pop you in the head with it if you're acting up. And so I, I wish that we would get back to that, you know, mentality of saying, let's put God first and let's view these things from the lens of Christ and stop being so carnal and demonic and emotional. That's right. Because those things drive wedges between us. Drive wedges. And, and the devil continues to seep in so many different parts of our society. And we see it and we can't deny it and we can't step away from it because we have to take on uh, these, these spiritual battles with the sword, which is our word of God. Uh, but when we look now, you know, this past week has, has been more chaos. You know, I, I always know when I, when I look up and I got Fox interviews at 5 or 6 a.m. and they're asking me to come on this show and that show, you always know that it's some black folks in the street somewhere, which, mm -hmm. which, which doesn't sit right with me, but it's the reality. And usually, unfortunately, usually it's not what the media has portrayed it to be. Now, a situation like George Floyd, we just all witnessed the trial. Now, no one was surprised by the verdict. Everyone agreed this man shouldn't have done that to a certain extent. Something happened. So why can't we agree on that one? Why do we have to then go out, see a 13-year-old boy running around shooting at cars? We see a, a, a little black girl about to stab another black girl. Police saved the other girl's life. That gets twisted up. You got another, another little um, half black, half white little boy in Minneapolis, right outside of Minneapolis, Brooklyn Center. He done robbed somebody, choked them, robbed them, tried to take her money from a little girl, has a warrant for his arrest. Police pull him over. A woman cop, he pushing away from her, jumping in the car. You see on his social media, he he pointing guns in the screen and everything like that. So clearly he had the thug mentality. He gets shot. Now they try to group every single situation that happens with a white cop and a black cop into the same category. Why? You were an ex-police officer. Why? What? What is happening with that? And then a follow-up question is going to be, how on earth are we going to recruit new police officers if this is the mainstream mentality? Man, Jack, you, you, hit, you got the million-dollar question. You know, I, I think the thing is, is that they have an agenda. You know, people like you and I actually want change. I mean, I would Amen. love to see things change. You know, I didn't think that the cop was, was right by accidentally shooting that kid with a, with a gun instead of a taser. However, I'm smart enough to think that I don't think what he did was right. That's you know, right. young brother, don't resist arrest, and, you, and nobody can make an accident. 100%. You know, and they have an agenda because 
if they didn't have an agenda, they would look at things like Walter Scott, who was shot in the back, you know, right. and, and that was that was that was a bad case. The, the cop was wrong, man. He deserved to go to jail for the rest of his life. You know, uh, Laquan McDonald, the cop right. shot him twelve times. He was the only cop to shoot. And nobody else shot Laquan. He shot right. him twelve times. That that cop should be, you know, get the death penalty in my personal opinion. So we can right. if people really care, they'll look at those and say, Okay, these are bad police interactions. And then they'll look at these other ones and say, Okay, this is a justifiable use of force. How can we make it better? I think that we can address the training issues from the police side. You know, yeah. hey, how do we stop a person from accidentally pulling out a gun instead of using a taser? You know, how do we, you know, help police officers get more training, mental health, all of these things. And how do we stop these young people from committing crimes? A 13-year-old boy shouldn't be outside busting in the intersection and running from the cops throwing guns behind fences. That's right. You know, a, a, a big 16-year-old big girl shouldn't be, you know, trying to shank somebody in front of the police. In front of the police. I, and then her daddy, I think that the gentleman was like her her foster home father. He kicked the girl in the head. I mean, in front of the police. Oh, I mean, when is that? When are we going to address that? So they're pushing an agenda, and we can clearly see that they don't care about truth. This is a money making industry. You see Benjamin Crump. You see Al Sharpton right. at all of these funerals, man. You see him at all these press conferences. They'll never go when the seven year old girl Jaslyn uh, was murdered. In McDonald's parking lot, they they'll never go to her funeral. Never go um, to her funeral. Lee, nine year nine year old boy. I heard that there was like thirty kids that ain't got shot between last year and this year in gang violence in the inner city. Black right. kids, look, you, little babies, little babies. And they'll never show up. Never show up to that. They won't even get a funeral proceeding. They won't even be live streamed. It's unbelievable. Um, but the stuff that they're doing is really hurtful because when I started, I, you know, I never thought about being a cop. You know, I grew up hating cops, you know, because yep. it was brainwashed in me. That's right. From that and music. like I said, I, yeah, like I said, I got saved and then, you know, um, I applied for the police department just looking for an opportunity anywhere. And they ended up calling me back and did the ride along and I fell in love with it. But now I would never be a cop, man. I mean, they, they get so much ridicule. And even if you do the right thing, if you happen to have white skin, you wrong. No matter what you've done. No so they're going to end up putting us in a position where we're recruiting bad cops. Because whenever you don't have qualified people that are inspired to do the job and you have people that are just looking to, to make some money and they'll do whatever they can, you know, they're not even qualified. They're right. lowering the standard of testing. You get people who are don't have as much integrity. That's right. And That's you get bad cops and you get the good ones leaving. And the profession is tainted and, you know, crime rates go up. Mm. This is just counterproductive to us. Totally, man. And that is such a uh, profound statement and point that this is just going to make more bad cops enter the system. If you're going to fill the positions, I mean, these cities aren't getting smaller, they're getting larger. And the issues that are happening in our streets are increasing. You see all across the country, inner cities across the country, you got 50, 100% increases in shootings and homicides. I mean, it was a, I read an article a couple weeks ago, Central Baltimore. 240 something percent increase in shootings in one year. I mean, this is crazy when you think about majority of the kids aren't going to school. Their their sports programs up there have have completely been stopped. So the kids aren't going out playing and having normal activities. So if you have crime increasing while you have education opportunities and sports participation, all those things are decreasing at the same time. I mean, you're, you're brewing up something that may have 
decades long effects or if we even get back to to somewhat normalcy because people aren't going to want to be around those type of communities which means all you're going to do is increase segregation even, even more but not segregation based on race segregation based on class because anybody that has a little bit of resources are not going to want to put their child in those situations in those environments with that culture of the underclass that is What the real issues are is we're creating classism in this country through our policy and through the the mass media brainwashing that's going on across our country right now. This is dangerous stuff, Brandon. I agree, Jack. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, people see this is the thing. If they want to be honest, it is about class. It is about culture. It's not about race. They keep making about race. So we keep missing the point and we never fix anything. Like, you know, for me, I want to invest in properties. I would love to go back to my hometown, Fort Worth, uh, and stop sick and buy some properties and give people opportunities. And, you know, you know, I know people coming out of prison, you know, and stuff. They need opportunity. They need they need housing. And I can I can work with them as a landlord. But, brother, it's hard to invest in areas that are riddled in crime and violence. And then you have candidates that come in and they don't treat your stuff well. They got holes in the wall. They they getting you know they have to get evicted because they getting they committing crimes police there every day like it's hard to it's hard to invest in these areas it is. that's why you see things like white flight and black flight people keep talking about white people when my, when we were young my daddy couldn't wait to get us out of when, as soon as we made enough money we moved out the hood couldn't wait we were nowhere near the hood that's right we we living in Crowley. You know, we went to Crowley Middle School and stuff. <laughs> my dad right. and my mama, even when my mama was, we were living, you know, somewhat in the hood. She tried to move to White Settlement. We were right. on Section 8. And then, and then, but well, she tried to put us in private school. We went to Cathedral of Praise, which is, which is a, 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 a Catholic private school. My mama and them tried to get us out of there at all costs. But what, what you're saying is that these people are damaging the image of black people, too, because not only is it a class thing, it's a culture thing, That's but right. then it become a prejudice thing. Because when people see me in the streets or they see me, you know, in the airport or something, I mean, I wonder, do they, do they think I'm like a Black Lives Matter guy that's like walking around mean mugging white people all day, right. you know, thinking that they the enemy? You know, that's a real, that's a real concern. It is a concern. Conjured up. Mm-hmm. No, you're so you're so right, and I'm, it almost makes me laugh because I, it's so ridiculous. Because uh, I think about it too. I walk through the airport sometimes, and I'm like, I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, like I see people, and it's just like you can feel the divide. <laughs> like you can feel it, and I know sometimes people will notice who I am, and I already know what they think, what they're thinking. So you know, I just I hit them with God bless you. I pray for people in the airport. You know, so I I try to let God lead me through, but you know it's on people's hearts and minds, and at at the end of the day, it's going to be a reflection on our children because this is the society that we are building to leave for them and then their grandchildren. So you know, we, this stuff has lasting effects, man, and uh, you are are continuing to be front and center uh, in this messaging. Tell our, tell our audience how they can uh, support you, man, how they can uh, tune into your show, where do they find you, where they find more information um, about Brandon Tatum, the Tatum Report, and everything else you got going on. Yeah, also, thanks. Um, if you look up the Officer Tatum, T-H-E, OfficerTatum.com, that's my website. Everything Tatum is on that. You know, I have an online store. I have, you know, you can donate. Um, we have the Tatum Report. I mean, you, my YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel is my biggest platform. I think I got 1.5 million subscribers. So that's, that's my daily, you know, platform where I do podcasts. I do daily, um, you know, content. 
But if you want anything, you know, related to B. Tatum, booking me, whatever, just go to my website, DeAndreTatum.com. That's amazing, brother. Well, I'm going to pray for you, man. If you don't mind, I'm going to call upon the Holy Spirit right now for your protection. Dear God, as as your son, your child, Brandon, continues to speak truth to God, led by the Holy Spirit, uh, giving you all the glory and praise to the Lord. Touch his work. Touch his platform, touch his voice to God. Let it be a vehicle to spread the gospel. Let it be a vehicle to spread spread truth through the word of God, the Lord. Uh, and just keep him protected to God. We come to you asking for your wisdom uh, and, and pour your wisdom upon Brandon and, conti- and continue to keep him safe. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Love you for that, man. Thank you for the prayers, man. Thank you for standing up. And uh, we got to connect more often. Yes, man. So let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, I want you to also come and check out our uh, our new program we have. We, we you know we we teach in the prisons, but we're opening up a serving institute down here in Florida, man. I'm gonna invite you down to come speak to our kids, man, and come come run around with them. We got boxing gym next door. It's uh, it's gonna be a good time. For sure, man. Whatever you need, you just give me a phone call, brother. Appreciate you, everybody. That this is the Brandon Tatum. Y'all support him. But more importantly, y'all lift him up in prayer. We need black leaders like him in our nation right now. Uh, So let's keep him protected by the blood of Jesus. I'm Jack Brewer. This is the Jack Brewer Show. We will be back. God bless you. Brewer Wellness Shop is proud to help the most vulnerable Americans. If you purchase a 10-pack of masks today for $8.99, we will donate an additional 10 masks. Shop with us at BrewerWellnessShop.com. That's BrewerWellnessShop.com.